Good morning. Today's WGO podcast. Getting exposed to more stuff. So I woke this morning and uh, a friend of mine here in the local music scene, uh, Jim, Jim of the band Contrarian, had put up a playlist of technical death metal and something with a tagline along the lines of, this is the kind of stuff us, us music nerds in this genre were steeped in. You know, he didn't say those exact words, but something along those lines. So knowing Jim and uh, how he puts things together, he's got a very interesting approach to music and his band sounds great. Check him out, Contrarian. But um, so Jim put those lists together and I knew it was gonna be pretty interesting and pretty good. And it fills in, I knew it would probably fill in a lot of gaps in my knowledge. And boy, do I have tons of gaps in all my, all my fronts of knowledge, which is the point of putting this on tape on a podcast today is you probably have a lot of gaps in your knowledge too. So it's probably a healthy thing to be aware of that and stay, stay hungry and stay on yourself and stay digging. And uh, you might be able to experience the epiphany that I had this morning that I try to have on a regular basis and I try not to uh, you know, be too hard on myself about. And that is, it's very easy to look at the world and think and see negative stuff. And sometimes it's more uncomfortable to look around and say, man, maybe, maybe I'm the odd man out here. Maybe I'm the one who can't keep up. Maybe I'm the one who's not as smart or not as sharp or not as hardworking or not as creative or clever. And you know what, that's okay. You can be nourished by things that, by noticing that there are a lot of people out there that do some amazing art. And technical death metal is, even in its name, is a little bit off-putting to the layperson. And, you know, Jim operates on a global scale. He makes, the way he's doing his project and the way he collaborates is globally. You know, he has, he'll track here locally, actually not even here locally, he'll track out at Lockport at Watchman Studios, which is a, a whole other local, local legend story that I was uh, privileged to be able to go out and check out with, with Eric Burke and uh, hear the backstory about how that you know, Eric and his projects back in the day, I believe it started with lethargy, but might be wrong, led to our relationship with Doug at Watchmen. And then Doug told us a story about how it just became a place where a lot of people in the Buffalo and Rochester area, upstate New York area, would track and do their work. It's got a great history and a great story, and it's continuing to this day. And it was interesting to hear Doug talk about how the different people do approaches. And Jim's very organized. Jim comes in, uh, and we'll get him on the podcast to talk about it more in detail. And I like to have Doug, Jim, going to have Eric, of course, uh, and others talk about their projects, talk about their music, talk about life. It's interesting to hear artists talk about life. So Jim collaborates. Uh, he'll, he'll track locally if you will, over in Lockport, New York. And then from there, it takes twists and turns. I believe he sends some of it to a bassist in, who lives down south somewhere. He used to send drum tracks to a, a guy named George Kalias, who plays with a band called Nile, 
uh, which ties into a Greek connection somewhere with Jim's roots. He's Greek, or he self-identifies as Greek, uh, Greek-American. Um, so there's a little bit of international collaboration flavor there. Uh, and then he mixes and masters, I believe, over in Athens still to this day. A friend of his is in the, in the scene there. And there's a million stars in this constellation of just this one musician, Jim's of contrarians, uh, you know, in his sphere of influence and sphere of uh, uh, his network, his musical network. And Jim's interesting in that he also, like myself, it's not just music that he does. He's also been an entrepreneur and a business owner. So, you know, you, you have that part too. He's not just, uh, the, the music is not expected to pay the freight at his house, so to speak. You know, his other business, he takes care of business and then he does as much art. And he does it methodically. He's very organized. He's, he's, I think he said he was an engineer by training. So he's a lot different than, like, my band project, which is a little, definitely fly by the seat of the pants and more spontaneous. His is, it seems very organized. It's on a calendar of things. Uh, there's a new album cycle every two or three years. And it all has different art themes, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of craftsmanship. That's one of the things I wanted to point out. And a lot of craftsmanship, a lot of thought that goes into making this type of music. And, you know, the other thing that struck me when I was listening to it was, because I was Googling each of the bands for, you know, I got through about maybe eight, ten bands this morning. Bands such as Death out of Florida, which had an interesting backstory. I had no idea they were considered to be pioneers and big influencers in the heavy metal scene. And had a young fella, I can't remember his name right now, originally from New York, um, a Long Island, New York, and moved to Florida with his parents around the Tampa, Sarasota, Alamont Springs area. Seems to be a hotbed of this sort of thing. And um, yeah, I'm disgusting, I know. Uh, Anyway, this band Death, and this guy ended up dying of brain cancer when he was 34 years old. And his mother was frustrated at the time, and a lot of other musicians, a lot of famous musicians, chimed in to try to help support his medical costs because he did not have insurance or something along those lines. And his mother was incredibly frustrated because they wouldn't pay claims when he had insurance because they said his brain cancer had predated his insurance coverage. And she was really just frustrated and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people in the music scene stepped up to try and, you know, bring focus to this at, at that time, that this, this individual. I don't have to get his name. I'm sorry about that. But you can Google it yourself. Don't be lazy. Death. D-E-A-T-H. Out of Florida, I believe is where they were from. And... So I was listening to it, the craftsmanship and the guitar work and how the drums come together. It's just, it's very well done. And what struck me was just how long ago it was. It's like, I don't know what the hell I was doing in the early 90s when this stuff was coming down. But it was really good art. And it never was very popular. It was always kind of an underground thing, as most good art is. You know, the vast majority of artists work in obscurity and, and are unknown. And certainly not very not very comp well compensated for it. But that doesn't mean there's not something to be gained from continuing to search, 
continuing to learn, continuing to piece things together. And for you souls that don't do that, or maybe are new to that whole idea, which I hope this podcast reaches those folks. You know, I, I want to reach folks who maybe have never stepped outside their cave, so to speak. They, and then maybe they're a little afraid of stepping outside of their cave. And that's okay. I know I'd like to ex- use this platform to extend a hand that says, hey, come on out. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated if you, if you realize you don't know shit. Don't, it's okay. A lot of us don't know shit. I've been trying to learn shit and I don't know shit. It's all right, man. So with this, with the music stuff, so I, I get exposed to a wide variety. And, what I, and so these are the things I noticed. Number one, when I was busy chasing money and being, uh, you know, in the early 90s, I guess uh, less with it, you know, um, maybe less serious. I don't know how to put it. I was seemed serious at the time. But I missed this whole chunk of metal music. And I was listening to some stuff. I remember it because the early 90s, I didn't go, I'd go to a lot of underground shows in Atlanta, but it was like... It was still always, always a little bit on the popular side, I suppose, and I didn't go to as much as I wanted, or, uh, you know, I just kind of would hit clubs, and there were clubs that had, you know, sometimes a lot of cover bands, but, you know, I saw, obviously, Rollins Band, Helmet, some stuff like that, that really stuck in my craw for the years. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I look back on those years, I thought I was going to a lot of shows, but I think what I was doing is a lot of just stuff in Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, which was a mix of avant-garde and um frankly there was a lot of like hippy dippy stuff that was going on at the time that my friends were into that i would get taken to like widespread panic and stuff um blues travelers um and i'd find the weird stuff with my other friend i remember one time we got off in nashville we found this club and it was kind of an alice in chains type band it was cool as shit i loved it we were drinking beers and having a good old time and now, I'd find stuff like that, but I never I missed kind of what was really going on. And getting exposed to to Jim's playlist this morning kind of shook me up on that front. It was like, wow, you know. And the other thing, not, not only the Floridian hotbed, and there's a lot of others, but Montreal, Canada, Montreal, Quebec, there's a lot of bands out of there that, that were I've never heard of before. Like you had this one called uh, Quo Vitas, I believe. Quo Vitas. Um and what was the other one this morning? Oh, I can't think of it right now. But there's there's a lot out of Montreal that I knew about through through Eric and Lon and some others. Uh, Brian, uh, you know, Brian plays guitar and contrarian in Sulaco with Eric. Lon plays bass in Sulaco with Eric. Um, these guys all know know these bands like uh, Gorgots out of that of the same area, Canada, Quebec, for example. Um, and, you, you know, you just get these really interesting uh, technical death metal stuff that's, thought, that's thoughtful. It's, pro, it's progressive. It's not more the thrash punk side, which was very stripped down and bare and, and, and not so much musicianship. It was more about energy and passion, you know, and groove. You know, and, and, and I kind of find myself into all those things. And I would su- suggest that, you know, you all get into it. There's a lot of music that you don't know about. You know, my kids have exposed me to 
what I would say is folks and just pretty music, pretty music. For example, they've been into this Curious George 2 soundtrack this on this trip we took last. And it's just very nice guitar, singer-songwriter, very low-level bass, and a very light drum in the background. And it's just pretty songs. And they're nice. They're relaxing. And I, and I love that they love them. And, the, and then they got into the Despicable Me soundtracks, which had a lot of Pharrell Williams, which was very well, you know, very cleverly arrangements and very... There's a lot going on that sounds cool. It's a lot of ear candy. It's interesting. And I like that they love that too. And then my son Jacob has been into these railroad songs because he likes trains and sirens and stuff. And uh, the trains, they're just like folk songs. And it sounds like songs that railroads paid singer-songwriters or songwriters to, to put together. And they're just very nice. They're very beautiful, loving songs. And so, you know, I get a little bit of that because of my kids, which is very nice. Um... Yeah, and also my wife and my son like alternative music. And a lot of the alt music now also is, is very beautiful in some ways. It's got all kinds of dynamics to it and lots of different mixes and massage, mass, uh, mixes, mix-ups. And you can hear a lot of influences, a little bit of, little bit of rap and hip-hop and a little bit of funk and a little bit of classical, a little bit of, um, a little bit of avant-garde, if you will. And, Stuff like that. I, I like that stuff. It's pretty to listen to, and it gives me new ideas. And of course, the king of 2020 for me in terms of new people was definitely in something not metal at all, which is this Mark Ribellet, or Mark Rebellet is how it's spelled, but Ribellet, I believe, is how he pronounces it. He's just fucking amazing. It's so interesting to watch him on every level, and the more I learn, the more I love. This guy's amazing. He's a very inspirational musician. And... The portability of music and what music can do is, is, is an interesting communication tool and a way to, to reach and, and, and cut away the, some, some crazy stuff, some hostilities and stuff. So I dig it. I think it's cool. And, uh, yeah, it's just a different kind of art form. And live music in particular is a different kind of art form because it's so, it's fun. Get you out of the house, get you out of your depression, get you out of your funk. You go and have some pints of good beer. You find a good clubs, they have good sound. And take your earplugs. Don't be a fucking amateur dipshit. Take your earplugs because <laughs> it's loud and it has to be loud. It, you guys don't understand. I hear people complain about loud, loud music. You've never played live music. You have to get the amps high enough so that the drummer can hear the guitar and vice versa. And you can control a little bit more in these modern times with headphones and stuff, but you don't want everybody looking clinical. Sometimes it's, it's bare naked and it's cool. It's very stripped down. But you got to be able to hear each other and you got to be able to get a certain level of vibration to it. And, and when you, trust me, when you get it to about three or four on a tube amp, a 100 watt tube amp, it's fucking loud. You don't want to be in there in, as a, in a club, you know, standing literally 10, 10 yards or less away from this stuff without earplugs. And for those who think you can't hear the music without earplugs, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. But you can hear it just fine. It cuts, it cuts off the deafening, uh, traumatizing levels of the noise. And, and, and it almost modulates it to something a little more buttery, a little more smooth, so you can actually fucking hear what's going on better. So I'd offer that to newbies, people that don't know what they're doing. Don't go in there like a dipshit and drink fucking Dasani water 
or you know, and, and, and have no headphones on. You, you won't understand it. You'll be like, what the fuck is this? You'll, you'll be in pain. You'll suffer. <laughs> Instead, grab a good beer. Don't be a pussy. Put some head, uh, ear plugs in so you can enjoy the fucking thing and just take it in for a minute. And some will be good, some will be bad, but usually there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into any kind of live art form. Because you got to practice to have something to show. And if you go to the right clubs, you'll have good sound. You won't have shot-out bullshit sound going on. And that makes a difference, too. So, anyway. Share that thought. Because there's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out there that we just don't know about. It's not just music. Obviously, it's, I've tried to share the books. I've tried to share various political views. Explore various economic ideas challenge assumptions everywhere I see them. Definitely challenge the status quo and be leery of what I refer to as the gauntlet or the prison that we can put ourselves in if we double or triple down on with a governmental swing or governmental change. We don't want more. We don't want more credentials. Fight that shit, y'all. You're not going to like it. It's okay to be self-taught. Our fucking, that's, our, that's how we got this level of fucking prosperity. It was a bunch of motherfuckers figuring shit out. Tinkering in their shops. That got us more than all this other degrees and all this fucking, you can't do this because you're not filtered. You didn't make the cut. You didn't get good enough grades. You didn't pass physics or fucking science or, or fucking math or something. Don't be ridiculous. For those who want to play that game, Fine. Let's have the game. But there's also other paths, and we have to make sure those paths stay open. That the group that likes the gauntlet, that likes the fucking schools, can't fucking lock up the entire economic situation with patents and bullshit so that the tinkerer and the figure-it-out guys and gals can't come up too. You get no churn when you lock it all up in some degree or some ivory tower. You, don't, you can't run fast enough with all those committees and all that bureaucracy. Sure, have it out there, have it as a beacon, have it ideally have it as a leadership thing, a supporter, a nourisher, so to put some water on an idea. But don't make it the only game in town. You're gonna all suffer, so am I. I'm never gonna be a part of that. That's one of the reasons I fucking hate it all. I'm never gonna be good enough at my point at this point with my background and my story and the way I fucking sound and the way I drop F bombs, I'm never gonna be accepted in that fucking elite world. And I don't even want to be around it. Because they don't go to fucking metal shows. And they don't fucking drink beer. They're too busy being better than everybody else all the fucking time. So stuff that. You, you, if that's your game, fine. But allow the rest of us to be able to put some brakes on it so that you guys don't run buckshot over everything. Because you will. It's the tendency in everything now, especially with information technology and the way we're going. Everything gets locked up by the small little fucking narrow band of shit. The small little narrow band of people that play that game particularly well. And there ain't a whole lot left for everybody else. So everybody else is painted as a fucking low life or a scum or not worthy or deserving of the fate. It's bullshit. There's already, it's already, the, the business of live music is brutal. It's already been locked up by the live nations of the world. 
where if you, you know, you go and you want to give your life to touring and give your life to the machine and give your life and every bit of your time to something like Live Nation, assuming there's no COVID, then maybe you could go tour the world and fucking be a slave for them. I've seen so many shows, not just metal, where the musicians really look miserable. And I'm pretty sure if you get down to the fucking Chris Cornell suicide and, and, uh, Chester Bennington, they committed suicide because they fucking, that was their way of saying, guys, this sucks. This is, it's so bad, I want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> Pretty sure that was the big story that they fucking covered up and said, oh, he was just depressed. I saw fucking Chris Cornell. I've heard him fucking say stuff. He had kids. He didn't want to fucking tour like that nonstop. He you know, becomes a slave to the system of it. There's got to be, you know, competition. There's got to be ways for things to bubble up. There's got to be ways for people to be able to, to go out and do, do touring less and have it be, you know, somewhat be able to do it and not spend their own money to do it, bleed cash doing it. That's what I'm saying. you got to have the, to preserve dynamics, you got to have more than these fucking elitist monoliths. They're not good. But again, the point of the story is that if you step outside your own stuff and you quit putting something new in your ear or your mouth or your eyes, then immediately just cause you to just hit stop or hit fucking turn it off and go back to what you, a little bit of the shit you know, you might find that it opens your mind and it changes your perspective and it gives you a deeper appreciation for what others have done and maybe spreads a little love. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And I'm intimidated by that a lot because I'm like, man, oh man, oh man, am I ever gonna, am I ever gonna get on the horse? Is it ever gonna fucking lock in? But the other thing I take away from it is, wow, you know, there are a lot of people that step away from things and try to make good art and craft something and spend time on something and when I hear that and feel that it resonates with me it makes me kind of happy makes me want to be a part of it so hope you have a good day out there check it out his name is Jim Tazakis he's in Contrarian if you look on Spotify if you look sleuth around for him you probably can find this playlist I'm referring to I'll put the name of it up maybe later in the link I'm gonna readjust all these podcasts by the way There'll be companion YouTube videos coming. It's very hard to carve the time out and sit down and do it, but it's important to have an audio-visual and a visual component because especially as we get into more and more complicated notions and ideas, you really do need the video component for, for that type of learning. And the, going through the exercise of it will help me tighten things up as well and correct errors. And then there need to be links to everything because I just blew through several, several interesting musicians here in the upstate New York region and uh, they, they, they are points of, points of network and point nodes that will connect to even more for the musical arts, for sure, and beyond. And some great, great stories as well. Fun, fun stories. So, you know, I've got some work to do. I've got some ambitious targets and I need to run faster. It's, nothing's easy when you're you know, I've positioned myself as a full-time dad at home in the daytime lately. 
Um, you know, there are new work opportunities that are coming that scare me because of the, the amount of time that I'm going to have to trade away. And as an older guy, you know, I worry about my stamina and energy levels. Really wish I could spend full time doing this WGO podcast and all of the follow up items. And if, if that plus my kids is more than enough. And the music I do at night, trust me, I don't get it done every day and I get depressed over it, but whatever. I, I keep soldiering on, as you should. Keep digging. Keep learning. Question your fucking shit. You know? Pivot if you're in a bad bad place. Pivot. Allow yourself the freedom to pivot. Visit an astro- astrological perspective from time to time. You know, the universe, the cosmos, whatever you want to call it. So you understand that perspective and that time frame and that history. Big history. If you stay hungry and you keep a spirit of learning about you and you keep your heart full of love and trying to meet and love new new situations, new people, new scenes, new networks, new projects, if you do that, you'll never be bored, I promise you. You'll put out more on the table for yourself than you could ever eat. And you'll have to you'll have another you'll have the opposite problem. You'll have to battle the psychological demons of not getting everything you want to get done done. And then creating a bunch of mud and depression that you got to wade through, you know, cut through that. That'll be a whole other set of problems when you push yourself and try to stay hungry. You won't be as mad. I, I, I get worried and angry about stuff. Sure, I get frustrated for things. You've heard it. I, I you know, <laughs> I'm listening to Cokeland right now, the book Cokeland, about Char- the Coke uh, dark money groups. And I got to be honest with you, man, the beginning of the book. I fucking, I'm on their team. And that's a very controversial thing to say right now. That's, you're not allowed to say that right now. Because the Koch brothers, that, that's the whole thing, the dark money. That's, that's why the Republican Party seems so mean and dysfunctional and, and, and doesn't care about people and so racist. They're not racist. The way they see the world is right. You can't get jack shit done when the government's in the fucking way all the time. And that's a hard thing for people to understand right now because we all want government to do different things for us, myself included. I liked and support Andrew Yang of injecting some universal basic income into people's lives because the numbers don't work. I'm, I'm fucking pissed off about it too. And I'm pissed about the trends. I'm pissed that it seems to be accruing to a smaller and smaller group that's got more and more power. The Cokes are the tip of the iceberg. Wait till the Patels hit, kick in, so to speak. Or the, or the or or some you know, you know big Asian family you're you know it's something other than uh, some white guy wait till you see you know or s- some some Russian dude or some African dude wait till you see that trillion dollar thing come in and manipulate politics and stuff behind the scenes you, you think that's not going to happen you think it's just going to be Charles Koch you fucking kill off Whitey you're going to be problem solved look at you you racist fucks. I bring up Cokeland at the end of this talk because it was a desire to me to stay hungry, keep learning, challenge what I think I know, pivot when necessary. And I do see a very interesting string of things that have, that have happened in the last, it started in the 50s, where people said, you know what, 
Government is, it's inevitable. The, the democratic process will empower government to eat up everything and get in everybody's fucking way all the time and be a pain in the ass and prevent us from doing shit and try to regulate stuff and just, God damn it, I, I, that's going to ruin everything. And I understand the validity of the, that's going to ruin everything argument. It is a real problem. It didn't come out of thin air by some evil white guy. It's a real human problem. You don't want to live in a China where you're under surveillance all the time and you toe the line or else. You don't want to, you know, in its worst form, it looks more like North Korea. I know some of you guys salivate and get fantasized about this new, new order coming in that you're, that you're baptizing. But you should be also very skeptical of it all the time and remain vigilant with me on that. We do need adjustment. I'm with you. I'm pitching humanomics. I'm pitching the American middle class lifestyle for all, for Christ's sakes. Which a friend of mine, Matt, chimed in the other day, says, look, bud, you're talking about a massive shift. And frankly, to do that, you would have to have a one world government. Something that, you know, I've been trained by uh, dark money uh, who, you know, for example, funds things like your Rush Limbaugh's and your, and your fucking uh, more recent phenomena of Alex Jones. And, I, you know, look, I don't listen to that shit now. I know what it is, but I don't listen to it. But I can tell you, they're very anti-one-world. Anti, anti That's their biggest fear, is a one-world government with a one-world police, one-world military. But you know what? So, I, so my immediate gut reaction, just immediate response, is triggered because of the, the pollution and, and the uh, influences that I've ingested. But then I was thinking, but then I stepped away from that for a second last night when I read the feedback, and I haven't responded to him yet, but I will. I haven't had time. But a certain level of thinking as a species and thinking as a humanity as a whole and getting rid of things that get in the way of a better, making it better for everybody and having a, you know, a global free flow and you, know, you can live here just as easy as you can live there. You know, that's not really such a bad idea. It's just the devil's in the details. If you just pitch it all to, a, to the elite class right now, they'll get everything, and the rest of us will get a little fucking block house somewhere, so to speak. I don't want to be stuck in some housing somewhere that some bureaucrat designed by committee. No, man. I want some of the... you got to preserve the, 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 the dynamics of things. Anything that's going to mess up the ability to go to a ratty music club and drink good beer and fucking watch stuff like that. I don't, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in places where you can't go, uh, you know, explore good art. Get lost in good art. I don't want something so structured and so dialed in and everything's ironed out. All the problems are ironed out, pre-thought, pre-solution's been thought out before it becomes, become, before the problem shows up. Fuck that. So yeah, I, I mean, I can allow myself the freedom to think outside what I think I know. And I'd like to share that with you. 
I can explore something beyond my comfort zone. I'd like to share that with you. I can keep digging on things that I don't know anything about. And I can be honest with the world and myself saying, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'd like to share that with you. I can start over at any age, in any field of endeavor, and and make a contribution, and gain insight, valid insight. You don't need a doctorate degree to be in the game. You can make contributions without formal training. I think that humanity can get to a better place. And the essence of, of this work and, and, and some of the follow-up, like the humanomics book, is that you know you lay out a vision and you just go do it. And, and you don't worry about what about this, what about that, or the hurdles. You just make it happen. You make it that you have the reality, a better reality. In, 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 all, in all of humanity's back pocket at all times. You lay out the industries, like Reset Industries, the, the other initiative that I'm f- forming as we speak and in the process of working through. You lay out the industries of the economy and you really just step back and say, well, what, do we, what do we need? What do we need from this? Where are we at? Like, where are we at today? How does this work? What's this used for today? What, what, why is this here? Why does this industry exist? And then, and what do we what do we want it to be? What do we need it to be? And just go build that, and have faith that if you build a hundred of those, one of them is going to turn into a, to, a, to something really special for for humanity. So, step outside yourselves. Appreciate the art of others. Keep digging. Quit judging. Start loving. Be honest with yourself that you don't know shit. Be be nice to yourself if you realize that you don't know shit and you can't keep up sometimes or you can't keep up with with the fastest of the fast. Not, Not everybody can be Emmett Smith. The old Dallas Cowboys running back. You know? Not everybody can be you know, the star. Sometimes it's not about talent. It's about luck. Sometimes it's just grinding hard work. You're not a piece of shit if you don't make as much money. I deal with some of that crap in my own family. I'm viewed as, a, as, the, as the loser in my family sometimes because I don't have as much money. <laughs> it's all right. I'm going to love them anyway. It's, what, it's the right thing to do. You know? Doesn't does it feel like the right thing for me to, to pass judgment and dislike and hate and find reasons to not like or not communicate. That doesn't feel like the right thing to do.
Because I, I, you know, as long as I can remember, I've been digging. I've been trying to figure shit out. I don't know that I'll ever get there. Where, wherever I'm trying to get, I don't know that I'll ever get there. It's, and it always is tainted and distorted by this very real need to make money. Which I hope you'll support the podcast, by the way. Because I, I do want to do this full time. not going to lie. And I, and I am going to redo my tiers on Patreon and other ways. Because I want to have a $1 a month subscription. Five dollars is too asking too much of a lot of people. A lot of us pay five dollars a month for a lot of shit, but a dollar a month is a very minimal thing to ask to to stay connected to this and be part of the feedback loop and be part of the family to push this to be, if nothing else, a microphone to explore what could be, and and, and not just talk about it, like use it as the main tip of the spear to make life better for humanity. And I don't like using the tip of the spear because I don't want to imply violence with that because I don't think it needs to be violent. It just needs to be better, faster, cheaper, more clever, more relevant. And I have faith that humans will, 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 it will that will resonate with them. They'll know the good shit when they hear it. Just like I did this morning when I was listening to this new playlist. This technical death metal. I could tell it was the good shit. And I could tell, yeah, I was a little bit tainted and biased because the guy who set it up is good shit. And I and I pinged another guy in the local music scene who works around music to please put together one also. Tell me what you'd want me to hear musically. Because some of these guys do. They've, they've been able to filter through things and could put together a playlist that would be interesting and sucky at and, 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 and uh, illuminate something you don't know shit about. All right, I'm to wrap this up. My throat's starting to bother me. I talk too much. Y'all have a good day. Try to figure shit out. Love you. Take her easy.